from the city that has always been the epicenter of music. The established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. This guy's busy, though. And and so how I fit into the grand scheme of Percy T is beyond me. He is a promoter. He's an artist. He's a producer. He's a writer. He's a father. You name it. He's doing it. I, I just don't know when the guy sleeps. And so we're going to th- unpack it all. He's also uh, got a film out that right now that he's pushing. He's got his music out that he's pushing. He's got clothing lines. He's got it all. And more importantly, we got to talk about a relationship that he has with an A-lister. Percy T. It is so good to see you sitting across from me, sir. Man, I appreciate you for having me, man. I really, really do. I know we have been talking about it. Now we finally, finally get a chance to make it happen. Paper, man. Here we a chance go. to make it happen. We're diving into Percy T. Right Right now, here we go. If you can make it here, here, then you've made it. This is the Memphis Reverb. Well, I think our roots go a little deeper um, than most might think. We we share so many common bonds, Percy T. Absolutely. That uh, it's fun to just sit and reminisce. We've been talking actually off mic for uh, already 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I think the reason is because we have, like you said, we have so much in common and we've worked together for so long. So I think that music and just radio, terrestrial radio in general. We met in, uh, I guess it was early 2000s. 2000. Let's just say early 2000s. (laughs) Let's not date us. (laughs) Um, And and we were at, you know, we were in terrestrial radio together and uh, we we were talking off mic about how that world has changed so bad. And we're going to get into your music. We're going to get into your clothing line. We're going to get into your movie because you're a a quadruple threat at this point, sir. (laughs) Um, But the world of radio has changed so much. Do we even recognize it anymore? Not at all. Like, like, and as an artist, how does that feel? I think that uh, nowadays you have so many different tools to promote your own music nowadays so you really don't need a major label and a lot of times a lot of labels are not spending money on A&R and trying to you know prune an artist you have to come in ready you have to come in uh, with your own movement with your own promotion and marketing Uh, you have to have a name you have to have a buzz first and foremost you have to have a single in order to get a buzz how do you get that I mean where does that come from getting the name I mean you well let me I'll ask you that later but I mean how do you get that I think that once you learn from other artists that are successful Mm. you pick up on some of their uh, traits or some of their characteristics and how they get out and get a buzz Mm -hmm. I think first and foremost you need to learn the business part of it a lot of of artists nowadays they just want to record a song and feel like hey I have a record but if you don't know the business and I always talk about this to a lot of other artists uh, I try to give them feedback uh, give them advice if you don't Learn the business I wouldn't even Record a song I wouldn't even Want to be an artist Because In this industry And I think that you know I'm sure you know as well It's 90% business 10% talent Talent Alright Right So I go How out How do you market I, yourself I, I, How do you sell yourself I educate I go out and educate And see what else I've done Like a, whether it's a Master P Or a Diddy and, Well you I know, was just about I'm, To bring that up I'm like, sure I mean You are Closely tied To Master P At this point Oh it's my brother Right. I, and and I, if you don't know who Master P is, you're a part of that one percent that just doesn't know who Master P is <laughs> because he's got such a name. He's got such an entity. He's got such a presence about him. And did, did he show you the road? I mean, what, like, where does that come from? How did that relationship start? And more importantly, it's flourishing now more than ever. And why? Man. I met Master P when I was working terrestrial radio at Clear Channel. Mm-hmm. At that particular time, it was called Clear Channel. Now it's iHeart. Yeah, now it's iHeart. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was doing promotion and marketing uh, with Clear Channel slash iHeart, and a promoter called me and asked me, hey, uh, well, I, I was given your name, and I thought that you would be perfect to be the runner because Master P and his son, Romeo, had a concert yeah. at the Cook Convention Center. So, I remember this. I remember yes. this. Yes. Yeah. And so um, 
I was like, wow, Master P for real? Yeah. And so what a runner is is one who drives them, drives them around sure. the city sure. and gets them around uh, different spots wherever they need to go. Uh, and so when I first met Master P, I met him on a Saturday. I can't remember the exact date. Sure. But when I met him, it's a funny story, man. He was kind of mad at me because I worked for K97, but he was already mad at the power program. Yeah, the powers that be. That's okay. right. I didn't want it. The yeah. powers that be. Don't be, throw anybody be, in the Right, right, right. I, I wasn't going to call out any names. And so <laughs> just, because, who that was. Right, just because of my affiliation, right. he was, he was kind of, you know, Because he wasn't playing a record? Or he was? Uh, his, what he was saying during that time was he didn't want to be played as a sucker. And I'll leave it at that. Whether it was playing a record or whatever the case may be. Yeah. He took it out on me because I was affiliated with it. Yeah. yeah. And so that whole day, I won't go through a, a sequence of events that happened. Yeah. But I will say that that was one of the most stressful times of my life. <laughs> You're driving around. It was one of the dude. most stressful times of my life. And, you had and, and believe it or not, P and I, we still talk about that till this day. Really? Laugh that, about it now, I'm sure. It was something that I did. That caught his attention um, because I think toward the end, you know, I just blew up. I'm not going to say what all I said, but I blew up. Well, you had to stand your ground, man. At that point, you're like, dude, it's not me, right? I mean, like that comes out and you're eventually just like, bro. It was insane. It was insane. My blood pressure was probably sky high. Like I said, he and I, we still laugh at that till this day. If anybody knows you, too, that is quite a lot. Because you know me, you know my character. You right. know I'm always optimistic. I'm always I mean, that water's up tempo, rolling off that duck's back, man. Up, up, uplifted. I'm always you know motivating and inspiring right. people. Right. Yeah. In, in order for me to get to that level, obviously, I mean, I was. He had been going in. My oh, my blood was boiling, <laughs> like like hot water, man. And so when I when I made that gesture, when I stood up and I said what I needed to say, yeah, he went ballistic. He went ballistic. It calmed down after 20, 30 minutes. Uh, it was toward the, toward the evening when we had to be back at the Cook Convention Center. So, so he's going to go on. Yeah. When, when, when everything died down, um, I think toward the end, because he didn't say anything else to me, you know, mm-hmm. but I really wasn't talking to him. So I was talking to his uncle. Mm-hmm. But I realized with, with, with Master P, you have to be very careful about what you do because I remember me being on the phone earlier talking to the promoter, telling him where we were, yeah. and Master P heard me, yeah. and he went ballistic over that. So I had to learn him real quick yeah. about because he's very, very private, very, very cautious about where his whereabouts because of who he is. Right. And I understood it, you know, sure. so, I, so I had to learn it. I learned a whole lot that day. And so... <laughs> Drive um, <on> fire. <laughs> once once I dropped him off that evening and that night after the concert was over, you know, I didn't see him anymore. So his uncle, Greg, who's the manager, he said, well, first I need you to pick P up tomorrow morning and take him to the airport. So when I picked him up about 5.30, it was You're just... thinking great. Yeah, it was just he and I. And you know what he said to him? And it was really funny. He said... Uh, Hey, Percy, man, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, driving us around, getting us around safe. Um, At this point, do you think he's like a little full of, we'll just say full of crap? Because he's just trying to, hey, you could be a fan, so I need to save face. At this point, is this what you're thinking at this point? Or When when he made the statement, uh, I'm not really like that. I just wanted to uh, test the waters and see how tough you were, see see how Mm. tough your skin was. He said, you're a good dude. I realized that you're a great dude. You're a good guy. He said, let's build a friendship. Let's build a relationship. Uh, Let's talk, you know, today. Yeah, he said, let's talk today. And after that, right before I dropped him off, he gave me two grand cash. Just like that. And say, appreciate you, man. Let's build a friendship. And then he called me. Uh, he had his uncle. His uncle called me and said, hey, man, P wants to talk to you. He said, here's, here's his number. So yeah. his uncle gave me P's number. I called P. We talked for about an hour. And that's where it began. Wow. And this is the beautiful friendship that has that has gone since now. He's that has prospered, making ice cream. And I went on, <laughs> a, I went on a tour with them after that because yeah. the promoter was like, "Hey, can you go with us? We, we're going to Birmingham, we're going to Baltimore." So I went on like eight other cities with them. God, that's beautiful. At that, like, because I, I know you've always had that artist name. I, we, you were in band. You were, uh, and we'll only go back to the Ole Miss part because uh, you went to the University of Mississippi. Yes, uh, and and I. I think that's what we shared uh when we first met we were like oh yeah howdy daddy um 
you were in the band. Yes. And so obviously like that, uh, I think as a band nerd, and I think we can say that without being uh, judgmental, right? Right. I'm a band nerd. Uh, I'll, I'm clean about it. <laughs> uh, but I think what we have is that um, thing instilled in us where it's a passion for music, fiery passion for music, so hardcore that we're willing to sweat in a, uh, a, a polyester suit in the dead of summer. <laughs> like those to me are hardcore band nerds. You know what I mean? Like, it, because it, it really is a feat of, of, and you were carrying bass drum, right? Oh, absolutely. But that fiery, in, you know, artist and, and that fiery love for music, does that now bleed into that tour when you're on tour and you're like, Hey P can, can I get in on this or, or how can I get involved with music? Like, where does that fall into play? I think that me growing up, um, I was already, I always had a passion for music, sure. uh, lyrics, but I was real big on like groups, like harmonies mm. because, you know, I had a high pitched voice and I still do till this day. Um, I'm, I'm very key on notes. Yeah. Um, you nerd. Lyrics. <laughs> and, and I have a good friend of mine named Deramus Roberts. He's a producer. He's out in in Atlanta right now. So he and I, anytime we, that there are new music or it's new music that's dropping from an artist that we like and we hear the harmony, we always break it down mm-hmm. to the chord. Did you hear that note? Did you hear that note? Yeah. So music nerd, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. We, we, we love to... Uh, Break down those different. We can't notes. listen to music the same way. No, right. ne- never. Right, especially when you have a passion for it. Sure. When you have a passion for it. You want. You, you definitely want to dissect every aspect <laughs> of that song. Right. Um, from the note to what other harmony that they put in there what, to what? the lyrics. I mean, just so seven many. chord there. You know, and seven nine series seven carry the nine. Okay, yeah, I see this. And so just just me growing up, just listening to a lot of music. Um, being in a band at Ole Miss, so music was always instilled in me. And when I moved to Memphis and I was able to uh, get into radio, so that was another piece of it for yeah. me. So I think that was a confirmation for me that I needed to do something in music. Yeah. When, right. when I started working in radio, when I started working in radio, I learned so many aspects of radio from the record label to promotion and marketing to working a record to concerts. So all those different pieces of, of the industry mm-hmm. that we were able to learn in radio. Yeah. Um, that you know that that kept my motivation even more to eventually want to record songs yeah then i started getting the studio jeff lee mm-hmm. a great friend of uh, of ours yeah i had like a little demo and believe it or not i dropped it off they had the little they had the door the, the glass door and they had this little side um like a mail slot? Mail slot. Yeah. He had a mail slot. So I was I put my little tape in there. He asked and I had my number and everything. He actually grabbed the tape, listened to it, and called me that night and wow. gave me a shout out. That Jeff never Lee. Happens. Never happens. And so I you know, I respect him. He's like my brother, man. That's beautiful. When he called me and gave me a shout out, that's how he and I built a relationship. Yeah. So he in turn told Big Frank uh-huh. about me. And so Big Frank comes, Hey, you ever been you, you ever want to get in radio? <laughs> He said we have a slot for. Should have said no. He said we have a we have a slot for promotion and marketing. Yeah, said, right. For real? He said, yeah. I said, man, that would be great. Yeah. So I almost missed the interview because I, I something else I, I think I had I was doing. So I almost missed the interview. So I called him and said, I'll be a little late. Is that okay? He said, yeah. So I was oh, like, it's right now. Everything's I was late. like thirty minutes late. <laughs> thirty was, minutes, you were on time. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I was able to do the interview. And say, okay, you're hired. Yeah. So after that, man, the rest was history, and yeah. so that's how we got to the story about all the different remotes, and then I met Master P. But I, I used to talk to P. I didn't talk to P a whole lot about music. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want him to think that I was, you know, trying. To, I'm, I'm not a groupie or anything like that. I think right. that's why he and I are so close because. You I never music. asked him anything. Right. I just never asked him for anything. He see hmm. my grind and he see my hustle yeah. and he see that, you know, I'm authentic and I'm I'm real. I don't go around asking people if, if I want something, then I'm gonna get out here and work hard f- for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and I'm not afraid of hard work. Obviously he's not afraid of hard work sure. because of what he does. Sure. So our work ethic is, is you know, it matches. Right. You know, and our personality it matches. 
you know, I, I both of our names, Percy, so maybe they have a little something to do with it as well. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> but we we are passionate also about the community. Yes. Like he's real big on the community. I'm real big on the community. So yeah. we had a lot of a, a lot of common interest. Yeah. And so our conversation, we like to laugh first and foremost. We love to laugh. We joke about everything. Right. And laughing is great for the soul, especially, you know, when it comes to the negativity mm. and things that happen in this country or in this world. Right. We like to offset that with laughter. Well, there's there's a lot of parallels that happen between you and Master P. Yeah. Um and and I guess let's start with with, you know, he's got brands now and and Master P brand is a thing. Uh, you've got a brand too. Oh yeah, Innovation uh, inter- Entertainment. Yep. Um, and that's N period O period Vation. And I thought that was innovative, right? Uh, and because it looks really good on shirts, it really looks good. You know what I mean? It, it's it's got a, a solid look to it. You know, where is that? Well, like what? Where did that come from? And and talk a little bit about this because now you're building a brand. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're not even talking about m- your music yet, right? You know, so how I came up with innovation is the reason why I spelled it in period O period is because with Master P being like a brother to me, like a real close friend, it's somewhat me paying homage to New Orleans and everyone who lost their lives or lost everything during Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. So, so yeah. probably six months after that, that's when I came up with innovation. And that's why I spelled it in period O, oh. just in uh, paying homage to them. And so... Also help to do fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Well, we did uh, food giveaways. So I actually went down there and, and assisted and did everything that I possibly could, wow. you know, and assisting with P. And obviously, you know, he was doing so much at that particular time. Right. So I was there for, for him and Rome and so many others who were really trying to play their role and, and do their part. Yeah. So that's why I call it an ovation. But my motto is... Uh, Building a solid foundation uh, with hard work and innovative ideas are the only options. Beautiful. And so, Beautiful. once again, I'm not. A, such I'm a not Memphis, a, like th- the we, you know, group Memphis grit grind, right? But that's such like I get it. Right. As a Memphian, I understand that. If right. I want something, I'm not going to ask somebody for it. I'm just going to go do it. Absolutely. Until I get it. I think that also we're not afraid of failure. A lot Ooh. of people are afraid of failure. They're afraid of taking risks. Yeah. They say that the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. If something doesn't work, then you, you be creative and create something else yeah. until something does work and something does connect. I think we're also not afraid to take that step back to take two steps forward. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 That little that, stumble that's, block. That's any... If you're an entrepreneur or if you're ambitious, if you're ambitious, you're not afraid to to take those risks. Yeah. You're not afraid to step back and say, okay, well, this didn't work. What adjustments do I need to make? All right. Even if I make those adjustments and it still didn't work, I'm, I'm, I'm creative enough to start something else. Right. right. And build something else. So at one point in time, I had this label called Crunch Time Records, but, you know, it, it faded out. Was it and more so, like a, a record label at that point? Yeah, it was okay. a straight label. That's yeah. it. It yeah. wasn't promotion and marketing. Like innovation, ENT, it's like a... All in one. Yes, sir. I do promotion and marketing. Uh, I'm an artist on innovation, uh, sports and fitness, innovation film, because I produced uh, and well, wrote gotta, my... Hang on. We got to oh, talk about oh, that okay. film. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to talk about the music part of it. Yeah, but the music part. So uh, let me let me dive into that a little okay. bit. Because the the innovation entertainment, uh, you you've got artists, you being one of them. Yes. Um and, and you're also promoting them as well. Yes. So how okay, how do you get involved with that? How like how does that work? Right, with innovation I call it innovation promotion and marketing, um, which is on under the umbrella of innovation entertainment. I learned a lot doing promotion and marketing, obviously, when I was with radio. And I was able to make a lot of connections. Yeah. And so, on as a side hustle, I think I can say this now. As a side hustle, a lot of people would come to me and say, hey, I have flyers. Can you distribute those flyers? Yeah. So, I would go to different concerts and, and distribute the flyers, take pictures, and then send to the promoter. And that's what they love. Yeah. Or I would go and tag. Uh, cars, yeah, send it to the promoter. They love it, so I start building my name that way. And so promoters were hitting me up left and right. Even the Lander Center, 
they start calling me. Hey, Percy, uh, we have a show. Yeah, we have a promoter. We have a promoter who wants to, you know, you all, you all can talk, see how much uh, are you charging to promote their show or their concert or their comedy show. I well, start building I think, that way. I think what it is is like we we as like common people, us the, us the normal people, right? Not promoters. We like to hear the word grassroots. Right. Right. But we don't really understand it. Like we maybe word of mouth. OK, I get it. Maybe I saw it on a flyer and word of mouth that, that gets around. But you don't ever see it. You know, it's not tangible. Right. You know, and I think what you just ex- described there is a tangible grassroots. This is what grassroots looks like. Yes. This is the work that it takes to get grassroots moving um, in order to blow up. You know, and I think I think that's what they were more impressed at. Right. They were blown away because I would give them somewhat of an agenda um, and I would break it down. I would have like a Excel spreadsheet and I would have it so neat and so dissected. They were just blown away. So when I would provide that service. Yeah. I say, hey, I'm going to give you 150 pictures in this amount of time. These are the places I'm going to wow. go. When I broke it down that way, they, every promoter, they blown away. And that's why I was able to build, start building big brands. Paramount reached reach out to me. Live Nation started reaching out yeah. to me. AEG Live, Universal Circus. I mean, just so many see, promoters. see other promoters now stealing some of those things that you that you did or yeah or not stealing but we'll say using you know i'd I be so busy man that i i don't really notice a promoter doing that yeah. uh, because I, I go from one venture to the next but i make sure i put time into every aspect of what i'm doing yeah. you know so from a promotion to marketing i get that job done and i go back into music or go back into sports because you know i used to work for the nba yeah for seven years yeah. so yeah you, innova- you were part of the grizz team innovation man. sports and fitness is, yeah. is, is a part of that so i'm actually one of the original members of the memphis grizzlies dunk team you yeah know? at first we would call the bear keepers that's when we was at the pyramid performing right. And then we moved up to the FedEx Forum and we became the Memphis Grizzlies King Little Court. King's so I was still there. So I'm the original member and one of the co-founders. There's of the, videos of you flying through the air off the trampoline all, yeah. and flipping dunks and oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff. It's so funny. That story, I was the, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I'll go ahead and reveal it. This is your podcast. This is my brother. <laughs> I was a mascot in my, at high, Grizz? No, in oh. high school. Oh, in, in high school. High school. Okay. I was a mascot in high school for four years. And uh, so I've always been into, you know, athletics and cosplays. <laughs> Cosplay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll accept that. <laughs> but I've always wanted to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. Whether in sports, whether in music. Uh, I, I always felt that I would be in some form of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, as I got older. Was there something uh, empowering about being in a mascot and like you could literally do anything? I think that w- with me, I used to love to see it. The faces of kids, parents, adults, because I, I was always dancing. You know, I could walk on my hands in, in the costume from half court, from one end of court, half court. Yeah. And so when people see that, they was just wow. inspired, yeah, blown away. So I was like, man, if I, I, I love to make people feel good. <clears throat> because I want to feel good. Yeah. I want to see everybody happy. Right. You know. I'm optimistic. That's just my character. That's just who I am as a person. And so when I can do that on a regular basis, you know, that gave me joy, gave me gratification that people were, I could, I could make people happy. Yeah. And the same thing with music. When I record music, even when I go in the studio, I wanted to make music that felt good. Yeah. And we'll get into that with a thousand Look, likes. Or, that, let's know. talk about it right now. Cause you brought it up. Yeah. A thousand likes. The remix is out. Uh, it's you, uh, Mr. EBT, uh, and Don Jiggy. Yes. Uh, and, and you guys uh, put together this song, right? And a thousand likes. Now it's the remix, a thousand likes remix. Right. And so what, what I would do even before I really get into that, I want to branch off into that innovation. Okay. Yeah. ENT, the, the music portion of Right. The artists and everything. Right. Like that. So are, so are I, all these innovation artists? No, no, they are. With Sony Orchard They're part of Sony Orchard Oh wow okay. So My brand Innovation Entertainment The music portion of it I'm I'm my own artist Percy T Okay And so what I did is uh, Working with Master P And setting up A lot of that promotion And marketing I'm like man I'm gonna try this <laughs> Yeah 
You'd be a fool not to. And a great friend of ours. Uh, he's like a family. Demetrius. Yes. Yeah. 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 He was on great, here. Pr- great producer. Yeah. Yes. Low key. So he said, uh, hey, man, uh, have some tracks. So he let, he let me listen to, he allowed for me to listen to like five tracks. I think it was the fifth track. I said, has anyone bought that? He said, no. I said, man, let me get that track. Me. I'm, I'm an artist. I mean, I'm a singer. You know, I ain't th- never thought about rapping. I recorded, I wrote and recorded a rap song to this song titled Work. Okay. Push it out there. Uh, put it on Vertigo. That's a uh, DJ Coalition website. Mm-hmm. And I received all this feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll send you that link, like, you know, when we get done or something. Sure. And you'll be blown away by it because I really never promote or push that. But now I think it's the right time. And when I received all that feedback, Worldwide, Belgium, uh, Australia, England, London. Oh man, I love this. I love this track. It was quite interesting because people already kind of knew me mm-hmm. because I had already been setting up a lot of Master P artists. Right, right, right. Promotion and marketing. So they would always see Percy T. Contact Percy T. Percy T. Percy I was setting all that and up. So all of a sudden now right. Percy T has yeah, a voice. Has a, wow, I didn't, we didn't know he could do that. Mm-hmm. So does that take going back then to, you know, your mascot days and, and seeing those kids faces and stuff like that? Does it take that feeling and multiply it by a billion, a billion. at that time? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because now I have a song and now I'm getting feedback from this song. So I'm making people feel a certain way yeah. about another record. And then I did something different in the record. I didn't call any woman out of her name. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about drugs and talk about guns. It was a feel good record. Right. Right, and that was you know one of those strong little club records title work. So I was getting so much feedback. I said to myself, I talked to Demetrius about it. He was like, "Wow!" I went ahead and directed, wrote, directed, and produced a video for it. Because <laughs> you you know free time. Yeah, I said, uh, you know what? Let me let me. I've never done that in right. my first time, and I was blown away by the outcome. But what people don't realize, it was so much work because I put like three months into, you know, arranging and composing and developing, getting yeah. characters, getting locations, all of that. Yeah. On a, it was on a Saturday I was supposed to be recording uh, or shooting the video. It rained thunder. I had I had to shut it down. Damn. Couldn't even record it. Couldn't even shoot the video. At that point, are you, are you like, I'm a little I, bit dejected? Oh, I was blown away. I, was, yeah. I just sit back and, and said to myself, because all of my, all of the owners of the locations, Slim, um, Laboratory, uh, and then there was another club that, that allowed for me to shoot the video. So everybody was saying, hey, we, we have to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can't, we can't. Shoot the video today, so I was like, "Did you feel like wait. it was like a sign, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this?" Or, or no, it, 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 it motivated me even more. I said, "Hey, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna do this." So I had to reset up everything in one day for the next day, that Sunday. A lot of people didn't, sh- a lot of people didn't show up, but I had other people to to fill in. Okay, and so I was still able to pull it off. After I was able to pull that video shoot off, and then I saw the finished product, yeah. I was like, "Man, I can do anything." It was my first time ever. So that's, that video over a hundred thousand views. Yeah, yeah. And so that's when I said, "All right, let me try something else." I started doing promotion and marketing. I mean, like I said, I'd already been doing promotion and marketing. So Antonique Smith, she played Faith Evans in Notorious. Mm-hmm. Her manager called me and said, "Hey, well, Percy, uh, I got your name from the, the producer <laughs> Jukebox, yeah. who produced." Will Smith's daughter, I whip my hair back and forth. Oh, I whip uh, my hair back and forth. That, Jukebox. Uh, that, not Jada? No, it was Willow. Willow, Willow Smith. Willow, yeah. right, right. So he said, uh, yeah, I got your uh, your name and your number from Jukebox because I helped promote Willow Smith's single. <laughs> I got it first on K97 first before, before anybody knew about it in Memphis. Yeah. David and Mike T, they'll tell you. Yeah, you know. So I remember. I know. I remember you guys coming coming at me with that one because I was on the uh, at the top forty station. And you're like, oh yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna want to play this. That Willow Smith. So Man, I was a part of that. Boy, did that thing blow up. <laughs> it did. And you know, I I received a little something, not a whole lot, but I received a little something. I, I still have it in my archive to say I was a part of that. Record. Sure, sure. So Antonique Smith, who played Faith Evans, so uh, the direct or the producer and the owner of the label. Nine two three. He said, "Hey man, can you help me promote this record?" I said, "Sure." This is what we'll do. We worked out paperwork. Mm-hmm. Man, we was able to get back to that business side, though. Yes, we yeah. were able to get that record 
top 20 on Urban AC and Grammy nomination. Yeah. So I was able to go to the Grammys on that record. We didn't win. You know, but hey. Traditional R&B performance. But hey, you got the invite. That's all that matters sometimes. I can say that I'm a part of a Grammy nominated song. Yeah. That's on my resume. Yeah. And then, hey. I'd put it on there too, man. That work record was blowing up so much, even at that time. All this stuff is popping off. Yeah. Sony Orchard out of New York hits me up. Hey, we see your name everywhere, and we see you have a record that's starting to heat up. Yeah. We went off your distribution deal. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Got the distribution deal with them. They set it up on all the digital platforms, and just start picking up. At this point, are you like, is this real life? Is this really how it works, or, you know? I, I saw that if if you start putting yourself out there in multiple avenues, mm-hmm. your name will start to, people start recognizing this. Like, this guy is all over the place. Yeah, you're going back to the name. He's right doing there. music. He's, he, he's an artist himself. Mm-hmm. He's playing in, NBA. <laughs> he's working Master P. He's doing all these things. Yeah. And they, they was excited about it. And so the same guy's name is a great friend of mine, Mitch. Uh, Mitchell Dudley. He's the director of labor management. Mm-hmm. And so he's the one who helped me get the deal with Sony Orchard. He's the one who called me back on the remix of A Thousand Likes Remix. <laughs> He said, hey, man, I got to get you on this record. <laughs> I said, all right. All right. Sent me the track. All right, I'll listen to it. And I know the the, the artist, original artist, Ace Wayne and Lee Pay. So they did a little R&B song to it. <laughs> Say, hey, man, I think it needs a remix. Yeah. We're going to put you on it, praise. That's all right. Yeah. Here's, it was like. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a thousand likes remix. Follow Ace Wayne and Lee follow Percy T. What about the fantasy? I'm not in wizardry, but click the heels three times. We'll reach the destiny. So I actually produced that video in New York. That's why I said once I directed my first video, yeah. produced it. I said, Shh, I ain't doing anything. So. So I produced fly that? into New York to produce this video. <laughs> Percy T. What is this, man? And then they set they set that one up. Sony always just set that one up. Just put that one on digital, all the digital platforms. This is out there now. So now yeah. Yeah. everything's starting to bubble again. Yeah. The work record, thousand likes, have a clothing line, have a film. Yeah, okay. So now, so now, uh, if see, that was. You see, we're connecting the dots, right? I, I told you, I said, hold on, because we're going to need a seatbelt for this one. Um, it, now you've got this film coming out, The Phenomenon. Um, it, it's premiered here in Memphis a couple times, uh, downtown at that new movie theater, the beautiful. Uh, well, we were actually at the uh, Malco Studio on the Square. In, in, uh, studio on the Square. Right, in Midtown. There in, oh, Midtown, sorry, yeah. Um, the reviews are starting to pile up and pile in and there's a looking good i mean okay first of all let's start with the phenomenon what's the because f- now you're 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 producing films it's, it's so funny because um one of the girls or one of the uh yeah one of the ladies in the film she's a great friend of mine her name is lisa field and she's in the united kingdom Mm-hmm. We, we became friends over the internet because I was interested in her story. She was a part of this Zimbabwe encounter mm. when she was young. Mm-hmm. It was over 60 kids wow. had witnessed this. And that's part of the film. Right. She, she's in the film. So she and I became friends and we had been talking for a couple of months. So she told the director about me. Mm-hmm. The director hit me up. His name is James Fox. Right. He's a producer also. Uh, Lisa was telling me all about you and that you do great things in the community. So I started following you. Yeah. He said, I have this family phenomenon. I said, I watched it five times. I said, wow. I, he said, man, I've been trying to get that my film in a the theater. I said, I tell you what, uh, send me your number and I'm going to call you back. So I called Chef Vaughn, um, the vice president of Marco. Yeah. I told him about the film and everything. And you just call him up. Yeah, because, you know, I, I, I knew him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I knew him from... Oh, you know, back in the days, because I've done some promotion and marketing with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a few <laughs> casual dinners, no problem. Yeah. It's, it's cool. So I called him. I told him about the film. He said, ah, I tell you what, well, we probably can let's do a couple of screenings and, and see how it goes. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. So I called. Like, this is post-pandemic. Or, well, really, we're in the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. And he's talking about screenings, yeah. which, I mean, he's got to be like, at that point, he's got to be feeling, if anybody comes out, it's a win. You know, 
That's right. And 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 you had more than one person come out for this thing. <laughs> Man, when I put James uh, Fox on the on a conference with Jeff, the VP at Malco, and then we worked out the deal. Yeah, I hit the ground running. Yeah, he said uh, in a week's time, actually, it was on a Monday. And so I set the screening up on that next Wednesday. I actually had two. The next Wednesday, I set up the first screening. And then a week after that, on that Tuesday, yeah. the third, set up the second screening. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks, I went from um, no promotion, n- nothing, to setting up a screen, doing all the promotion and marketing, everything, social media, setting up the flyer, poster, tickets, everything for the screen. <laughs> One man show. <laughs> And one week sold out the first first week, yeah. and then the second week, the second week actually sold out as well. But the second week was a lot more people than the first. A lot of people came out, right? A lot of luminaries. Uh, yeah, Wanda Halbert, she was there. Wow, Mike Adrian Davis, uh, Fred Spikner, CEO of uh, Spikner. I mean, it was quite a few people that now was blown away. I was like, what was wow. The, what was the reaction? Was it was it like uh, we had no idea or? The feedback, and I have it on video. I haven't posted any anything yet, but I will eventually. Yeah. The feedback was what I thought. And when I introduced the movie, I told them, I said, before you leave here after watching this movie, your consciousness will be shifted. Mm. And it was. And everybody was saying the exact same thing, what you just said. I didn't know. Yeah, I feel a lot closer to the truth than I did before I came here because these people are credible. Yeah, these kids were not lying. <laughs> these videos are clear. Yeah. These pictures are clear. Yeah, I think we're getting to we're at a point now where I think um, the governments around the world wants us to know mm-hmm. the inevitable. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I won't state what that is. I think. A lot of people You'll see the probably film. can see. Yeah, yeah, when you see the film, yeah, come on out and see the film. Uh, actually, we're working on a couple of business ventures, potentially one with Malco, a longer showing. Mm-hmm. And we're working on another uh, digital streaming. We're trying to see how that's going to pan out. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think uh, this one needs to be seen by the masses. You know? and no, no doubt. Um, and and no I think a, a streaming service would be foolish because it needs that that, that theater it, showing. I think so. It, it, well, I think it's a better it, experience. Yeah, it? it's, it's, <laughs> the experience alone, when you see it with other people, strangers, um, I, I think it's like one of those films that you... You make a great point. <laughs> you Yeah, well, and you start looking left and you start looking right and you start going, hmm, at the end of the day, we are human. That's the core uh, yeah. of the of the thing. Um, and so it puts a lot of things in perspective. Absolutely. We'll say that. Absolutely. Um, but but that being said, I think just if you had it in streaming, it would make one of those waves that uh, you see maybe like a, a crazy rich Asians Asians has. Right. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow. You know, like that. That felt good, you know, to see representation, see that. But we're talking truth here. I mean, we're we're documentary status, you know, kind of thing. And and those are flying off the shelves right now. They are. So I think with the Pentagon releasing uh, the UAP report, it has never been done yeah. before. Uh, that somewhat spurred all these other documentaries. So people who watched or read that report... Even though James had already been working on this for like eight years. How did he get a hold of all that information? He he was privy to a lot of intelligence, former intelligence directors. Uh, So they presented what he was doing. And then to, you just found to, all these to current yeah. directors or current intelligence uh, officials. And they thought it would be a great, great idea for him to start presenting a lot of the facts yeah. in a real documentary that is very credible. It's not just someone on the street drunk, just looking in the sky saying something. This time you have Air Force officials, Navy officials, Marines. There's Department no tinfoil of, hats in this one. Department of <laughs> uh, Department of Defense, Intelligence. Yeah. Man, you have all ATIP, uh, Luis uh, Elizondo. You have Senator Harry Reid, you know, former majority leader. You have all of these high class <laughs> officials talking about this. So it's, it, it gets kind of, it becomes kind of hard to refute. Yeah. 
And everybody was saying it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saying it after the fact. Man, everyone needs to see this film. I already know everyone needs to see it. Yeah. I already know that eventually everyone will see it. Right. Some way or another. They will see the film. Uh, so it's good on, It's good for Memphis, too, because it yeah. was the first theater showing of that film in Memphis, Tennessee. So once it blows up, people who attended the film, they will feel, you know, We can special. say first. <laughs> yeah, they, they, will, they will feel, you know, they will feel special yeah. because they were a part of it. Yeah. Uh, the the film is the phenomenon. And uh, once it does hit streaming, we'll be sure to, to link it out and, and everything like that. Because I, I have a feeling somebody's going to pick it up. They have to. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. And I think they'd be foolish not to. We create a huge buzz in Memphis with that. And 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 great part about that also, Brody, it was very it was a diverse crowd. Yeah. It yeah. Was well, very when you diverse. start seeing the pictures, you're like, that is no a color Memphis. barrier. Yeah, that's a Memphis crowd. That's why I, I think loved I, it, man. I think that's why I still love the city. It's because I can go to a crowd. Or go to a, a, a venue, or whatever, mm-hmm. and everybody's represented, if you will. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. That, that's another passion of mine. Uh, just, just us seeing each other as the human race, human race. on this one planet. I know out you of bleed red. Billions, right? <laughs> out of billions and, qu- and trillions of galaxies. Come on, man! Like I would be arrogant to even think that. We're alone. we're alone in this yeah. universe, oh, man. How 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 just narcissistic do you have to be to think that we're alone? Very. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're foolish. Sometimes people don't want to get out of that comfort zone. That's that's what. Well, it is. no, it's it's nervous to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's you definitely nerve wracking. You know, but I spent uh, up and up to. 2012 when I really started getting involved in it and reading books and watching documentaries and that was this one documentary called um, It Has Begun mm-hmm. and you have a lot of these high class uh, high profile permanent officials in, in the Pentagon and government talking about all of these different cases it's called It Has Begun and I've watched it about 20 times like that is a very in-depth film and that was in the 70s when that film came out but so this has been going on forever we say all this though but I do not think for a moment that they are here or that they are gonna attack us that's it they have they they don't care (laughs) we're doing it to ourselves I think they they want they want it to be they want them themselves to be known but they want to condition humanity they don't want people to panic no. and you know what I, I won't even blame the government for covering up and hiding hiding it for such a period of time because We're not we probably can't handle the we truth can't. <laughs> I've seen the movie you've seen the movie you can't handle the truth <laughs> look, look, that's what's just going. watch X-Files for two episodes <laughs> we go crazy over that crap <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I'm not even mad at the government for We're trying to find pl- fly planes into their, you know, starships that flew eons, you know, but, you know, it's cool. Anyway, let's get back to to uh, feet on the ground here because uh, your boots are on the ground when it comes to uh, the community outreach and oh. stuff like that. So let's get back to innovation entertainment and and all, all of that. What is that that's bringing? You brought up, you know, Master P and, and uh, you know, his his outreach and. and in New Orleans and stuff like that. But you're doing the same thing, pal. Yep. I have my a nonprofit, Innovation Cares. And so um, I brought P here in 2008, but I was already doing a lot of community outreach, uh, community initiatives. Mm-hmm. So Liddell Beeman, our CEO of Heal the Hood Foundation, and now we had partnered. And I told P, I said, well, P, I think, because Memphis was the top five most dangerous cities. Yeah. So I wanted oh, to we're do, still ranking. Yeah. I wanted to do something to bring national attention and let the world know, let the country and the world know that Memphis do have great citizens, do have we're not all s- bad. some positive uh, aspects of Memphis. Right. It's not all, you know, negative. It's not all dangerous. And so I wanted to shine that light by bringing Master P here. And involving him yeah. in a lot of our community uh, outreach or initiatives. Right. So in 2008, we had our first um, major community event at the Mud Island Amphitheater. Mm. And we had every TV station and over half of the radio stations there to support and broadcast. And we had about four, over 4,000 people in attendance. And we received- For a venue, I think that sets, what, right at 
right at five. Right at five, yeah. And so we, we received the keys to the city of Memphis that that year, and yeah. I mean it. That sparked or catapulted everything else with what we're doing, even currently, whether individually or collectively. Even when Master P is not here or Liddell doing his own thing, I still have my own outreach. Mm-hmm. Like I have a partnership with Walmart, in which I. Um, I was able, I'm able to go to different Walmarts and do community appearances to where I give out, like when the pandemic hit, I was giving out masks, hand sanitizers, gift cards, you know, a lot of people didn't have water, I was bringing water, and I I, I documented it, but I documented it not to say, this is what I'm doing. Hey, look at me. Right, I, I don't, I don't post and do things like that. Right. I do it because that's my passion. Right. You know. Um Going but I do show Walmart. Yeah, but no. but I, I, I document it so I can show Walmart even though they already know that I'm genuine about what I do. But I'll send them pictures and they love it. Yeah. Yeah. Send them video clips and they love it. And we have a great <laughs> partnership. Um great partnership. And, and and so Kendall Hudden, he's a great friend of mine. He's a market manager. Mm-hmm. And he's not he and I we've been working, you know, in the community for a long time. So anything that I do, he's always there to assist and help. And so and we'll we'll continue to do it. Like I have like four of them that I still have to set up. <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance yet. Yeah. Because I'm doing well, some other mean, things. At this point And I will. In in a twenty twenty world <laughs> 2021 world we'll call it the hangover right um is it harder to do that kind of stuff now i mean you're, you're talking about like movie premieres like we're not in the midst of still i mean we're still wearing masks now you know what i mean and while we've gotten shots and, and understand the the that that is a necessity at this point uh, you know we're going back to mass now we're still fighting it feels like we're back in april of 2020 again yeah you know, I mean, yeah, has that made it life for you as, as a promoter damn near impossible? It makes it very difficult. But I think that when you understand things like that, what will happen, you're able to make your adjustments accordingly. <laughs> and so, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it becomes, it can become very difficult. It depends on how you handle it yeah, and how you, you maneuver and uh, edit and However you make your adjustments, I think that's the key. It takes a creative mind, in in other words, to... And that screening was very difficult to do. Like, I I didn't get a lot of sleep on that to try to... The hoops you had to jump through? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, and now you're planning more. And and so more screenings and stuff like that. Is it getting harder to to get those? Well, I think that once we... Because my goal is, and I was talking to James, to start doing screenings in other cities. Yeah. Because we, we have the foundation. Yeah. We have the platform here in Memphis. I have enough to do a screening in LA, New York, anywhere. Right. Because I have enough uh, promotion and marketing tools to be able to show people actually came out. Mm-hmm. I have videos to show, listen to the feedback. Right. I can show that it was diverse. So. Just get this uh, thing on streaming. <sighs> I'm, I mean, come on. Yeah, I think. That that may be premium access. This thing, it, it may be the best route. Uh, even though it, it, it was, a, it's a dream come true for him. He's sure he's just blown away because this is his fourth attempt. Really, attempt at, you know, as trying to get his movie, this particular type of uh, movie in a theater. So for him to see that, he was just blown away yeah. Yeah. that I was able to you know put that together in a week. But Not just him, but it's just got to be difficult. And, and, and it I, was very I don't, difficult. I mean, I don't envy you when it <laughs> comes difficult. to promoting stuff right now. Um, and, and speaking of promoting stuff, you've got uh, a tour coming through the Lander Center. Yes. Uh, going back to your promotion side. Now you're promoting uh, the No Limit reunion tour, uh, which is hitting the Lander Center in South Haven. That's happening in what, November? November 20th. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just hoping it, it feels like... <laughs> The end of 2020 all over again, we had the 50 city, no limit to already set. Yeah. We had to start canceling the show. So I'm kind of feeling that way, but I'm going to stay optimistic and and see how everything. Get your damn shots. Yeah. Yeah. See how everything uh, unfolds. And I'm hoping we can make it to November 20. <laughs> Without them saying, oh, we have to cancel it again. Yeah. We have like uh, 14, 15 shows okay. set so far. Um, 
And I think they may hold off right now just to see how see where everything go. is is going to November pan seems out. Or it sounds so far away. It's really but it's not. moving. Yeah, yeah. Your time is. I mean, hell, time in is August speeding up, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't. Like, I don't want to. I don't mean to make you sweat, but <laughs> 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 holy crap, man! Uh, we're in crunch time. I listen. I I, I wish you nothing but the best. Well, I, I, I follow that, you on on Facebook and Twitter and and uh, Instagram. Instagram. Uh, I, I don't mean Twitter. I, I don't follow anybody on Twitter. So. <laughs> I, I hate Twitter. You know, and I think uh, four years of, of Twitter was enough for me. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I do. Uh, I follow you on Instagram and, and following you on Facebook, and, and I'm just like, when do you have time? Because plus, you're a dad. Yep. Holy crap. <laughs> And I work a day job. You know, I, I won't reveal that day job. I mean, you've got a life. I you're like super. Job. You are literally a superhero. You wear a cape at night. And then during the day, I, I'm amazed. I really am. I think that, um, I think that with you my attachment and who I know, like master, my bro P yeah. and this guy, you know, obviously he's been on Forbes and he's worth, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. He's got ice cream. He, he, he works as if he doesn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. And you just think about that. When he and I, we talk a lot, and I, I, I see what goes on. So those videos where he talks to his sons and uh, you know, very grounded, very down to earth. Very. Yeah. That is. That's not a show. That's that's real life. That's real life. Yeah, okay. in real life. He instills um, that work ethic that he has had and continues to have. I'm blown away because he was doing this at 23, like just going hard. I mean, he's up there now. He's 30 years older and still have that same mentality. Yeah. And he's still out there, all these different products that he has. I remember him telling me two years ago, I have a rap noodle that's going to be coming out. <laughs> Six months later, it was in Save a Lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember snacks. the rap snacks. Yeah. Rap snacks, yeah. Now he has ice cream and just so many so many different things. So does he come up with all the names for the rap snacks? Uh, no, he has a partner named James Lindsay, yeah. who is actually the CEO. Yeah. Uh, he comes to what well, they share the responsibility silly. of coming with that's names. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I remember when these rap snacks were were not in the stores. Now, now they, they're everywhere. Everywhere. They're everywhere. And the competition, uh, if you notice, the price is different. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people grab them because they have, you know, nice taste. So my bro, Master P, just came out with his honey barbecue puffs and they selling off the shelves <laughs> like crazy. So that's where when, when, you, you, when you say, hey, do you, do you sleep? Where do you get all this from? I mimic that. Yeah. When, when, if he's working the way he's working, he's... Multi-millionaire What do you think I have to do? <laughs> you know what? Did you even get a hundred dollars? Right. Oh, two hundred, three hundred dollars right. Or close to a million Right I have to really get out here And, you know Use my time wisely Yeah And multitask Yeah I'm not afraid of multitasking But when I feel like I need to step back for a minute Then I will Yeah And reboot <laughs> Refuel mm. I have a membership at the Y I'll go there in the evening before they close and in the steam room, whirlpool. I come up by there, I'm refreshed. Yeah. I'm ready to roll. And then you go, I don't know, write some other music video. And it's, <laughs> go it's, produce something else. <laughs> as a matter of fact, we're about to really go hard on the Thousand Likes remix again. Yeah. And, uh, and we actually on MTV. Man, it was so amazing when I received a text message saying, you all made MTV. You, you all featured on MTV. So when I clicked on the link and I saw it on MTV, I was like, whoa. Oh. Yeah. If, if you think like this, a thousand likes remix is, is a flash in the pan. It's, it's not. Man, uh, it's on MTV's website. Again, you were up in New York uh, doing the music video and everything for this, for this song. Um, you're on MTV um, and other it's music channels too. It's amazing. Um, so... Give it a listen. I'll, I'll link it in the description because um, it's on iTunes. It's it's everywhere, or I guess Apple Music now. Apple, yep. They don't call it iTunes, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Spotify, but, Apple, Google yeah. Play, Amazon. It, it's it's everywhere, and yeah. and it needs the listen. It title. needs your listen. Um, title, yeah, it's on title. Huh? Um, is that thing is that is that still going? Yeah, he didn't sell Jake, it off. Yet? Yeah, he sold it, but he still has. Um, 
creative? Some type of partnership. Okay. Some type of partnership. You just don't have the majority okay. partnership because all the artists who invested in it, they already paid. So yeah. they're happy. <laughs> and I know he's happy. He's a billionaire. So. He doesn't care. He's like, oh, a couple million? No problem. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when you're making your couple billion, um, you know, it won't be a problem for you either. No, no. And then I'll come back oh, and sure. we'll do a recap. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Remember us, little people. We do a recap. Then we can say hotty toddy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We can sit in the grove and just sink <laughs> our, uh, you know, teeth into some some whiskey drinks or whatever. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tailgate. Uh, speaking of sinking our teeth into, we got a top five list to sink our teeth into, plus the plugs. It's next. Hang on. This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. Check out the latest episodes at my3subspodcast.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Sending vibes for generations. This is the Memphis Reverb. My favorite part of the show. Yes. We really get to dive deep into who Percy T is. Yes. Of course, he's a promoter. He's got all these things working at the same time. He's an artist. He's a writer. You name it, he's doing it. But who... Who do you like? You know what I mean? Like, in per person's music tastes, I think you can really get a gist of that. So, here we go. The Percy T. Top five right now. We're counting them down. Countdown. In at number five, your good friend. Let's start it there. Yes. Why not? I like it. Uh, Master P, make him say. That took me back, bro. <laughs> what was that featuring Snoop Dogg, right? Uh, no. Snoop Mystical. Mystical? Uh, Silk the Shocker, Fiend, Mirror X. Yeah. Man, that's good stuff. I love it. Anyway, oh. uh, let's move on. <laughs> I, love I was just watching No Limit Chronicles on BET the other night. Yeah. I watched the whole series, man. man like five episodes. Just, just to watch it. Motivation for me. It takes me it takes you back though. Like oh, yeah. it, it's weird how like you'll get in that mindset. You'll see something and get you get in that mindset and you're like, man, those were the days. Man. And you thought like, man, this this sucks. This sucks, right? You had that mentality because you were young and stupid and you had no idea. <laughs> now we're like tied to our cell phones and stupid. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> number four, boys to men. Bro, I knew we were friends. Boys to men, end of the road. Make them like that anymore, man. No, sir. That's why I why always double back and go. Why don't back? they do a reunion tour? At one point in time, they they were, doing, they were doing some shows, but then when the pandemic hit, they just like, all the artists yeah. stopped. Well, yeah. yeah, sure, but I mean, man. And man. They, they can still sing. Hell yeah, they can. And it's, it's a great story, too, because they were on Sony Red uh, distribution. Yeah. And I was on that same distribution. Like, Did you, it was Sony Red. So I got a chance to meet them a couple times. Yeah. It was really cool. Was this when they, uh, oh gosh, who they was did the greatest hits? Yeah, they were doing the greatest hits. And then uh, what's his name had that show on um, NBC, was it? The the Acapella show. Was, that was recent. Was that recent? Oh, I, I know one. Oh, okay, I know one of them. One Yay. One Yay. And then the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, they had some type of show that recently yeah. came out. Yeah. On NBC. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Man, it was so good. So good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on uh, to another one that'll just make you just. Uh, it's John P. featuring Babyface. Someone to love. And feel good music, man. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, oh, oh. 
Lord. I said, feel good music. Hey, you cannot go wrong with that. No. I can listen to that song every day. You know, just, it's, it's timeless. That '90s R&B. There's just nothing timeless. better than '90s R&B. Anyway, uh, let's go classics in, into another. I think what's going to be uh, a classic in, uh, in number two. Your number two song. Work it. Work it. It, it speaks volumes, huh? RCT. Come on. Bounce for you, boy. Work it for you, boy. Got me throwing more. Show me what you're working for. Bounce for you, boy. Work it for you, boy. That that was your first one. Yep. Good lord. I think that I kind of surprised myself when I when I did the tongue <laughs> twist in there. Was talk about you know I really have a clue. I work alone because I don't really have a crew. I use my mentor for creating something new. I just like coffee. I just said, man, when I did that, like, hey, I'm gonna tell you, I, I, I mimicked it off of. Um, you remember uh, Dr. Dre and Eminem? Nowadays, everybody want to talk. They got something to say, but nothing comes out. When they move the lid, it's just a bunch of super Yeah. So I was practicing yeah. that. I was like, I need to have some something like that to distinguish myself, to yeah. let it be known that, hey, I, I, I can do a little something. Did you try to- A little did, tongue twisting. Did you try to like uh, cram it all in there like Twisted used to do? Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Especially toward the end of that record. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> good stuff, man. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. That's number two. Number one. Uh, I think this would be the modern. Well, I don't know. Jodeci in at number one is stay, and I love Jodeci. just me or does every time you hear Jodeci I always think of Christmas <laughs> I don't know why maybe that's the like, first time I heard Jodeci was like right around Christmas time <laughs> I think that's what it is so anytime you hear I want to hear sleigh bells Christmas. in the back every time every... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is <laughs> anyway uh, there's a lot of uh, go- going on with you uh, we didn't even talk about the Mississippi Hip Hop Culture Award you got going on oh, so yeah. congratulations f- to you for that I appreciate um, that. That's a big deal, man. Yeah, when when they um, honored me for Living Legend Mississippi Living Legend Award, I was blown away because I'm you know I'm a resident of Mississippi, uh, the state of Mississippi. So to be able to receive that and from my peers in Mississippi and all the things that I've accomplished and the things that I continue to <laughs> work work on, it was amazing to me, man. I, I was very excited. <laughs> told my mom and dad about it and sisters and they was excited about about it as well so they're like wait living legend what is there something you need to tell us <laughs> it's, 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 it's for Mississippi the state of Mississippi yeah. so I haven't made a national yeah. living legend you're working there you're yeah working. yeah I'm, I'm working on that one. I'm working on, on national a thousand <laughs> likes uh, it's got Mr. EBT Percy T and John, Don Jiggy uh, it is out now you can go get that one you can go get work uh, which is also out now as well uh, you've got the clothing line, the innovation, entertain. All this is uh, linked in the description. So there, I know there's a lot coming at you. Plus the phenomenon, uh, which m- more than likely will be hitting a theater near you, if not a streaming service near you. One of the two. Soon, yeah. It's a win-win situation. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, everyone will see this movie. Yeah, and uh, get blown away. It. It, yeah. yeah, get ready. Uh, so there you go. You've got a lot going on. Plus. Uh, you're probably out in the community uh, somewhere, everywhere. Uh, your Instagram handle is at Percy T Music. That's P E R C Y T Music. M U S I C. On uh, Facebook, he is at Percy T as well. You're, are you on Twitter? Yes. Oh. Percy T, the number one. P E R C Y T, the number one. Yep. Yeah. Percy T one. Um, and it's uh, definitely so good to talk to you again, brother. I appreciate you for having me on, bro. It's been too you know. long. 
You know what? It, it was ti- it was time. Yeah, we, it, it, it was time. Yeah, Percy will send me uh, clips or something like that. And he's like, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm getting into something else," and I just shake my head. I'm like, "Of course, he's into something else." <laughs> and I love that for him, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's good to actually sit down and talk to you about everything you've got going on, and to hear the music side from a promoter side that that's really right. interesting i mean you know uh, to hear it from a promoter say you know maybe a label you know um because that's kind of been that recurring theme yep. on the show is is do i need a label and many uh, new artists rising stars coming in here and saying i think that's where i need to go and i'm like well go back and listen to previous episodes <laughs> right <laughs> you know because <laughs> everybody's got their own two cents to throw at it but hearing it from your side is is really interesting so thank you for coming in uh best of luck to everything you've got going on and uh, don't don't forget us little people I really appreciate you Brody man you know I've always had respect for, for you uh, just watching you when you were in terrestrial radio handling like 20 different wearing 20 different hats <laughs> and and still just you know with the flow up tempo you was always up tempo and still still is now so uh, calm down a little bit three yeah. kids will do that too <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but man I, I used to just be blown away I'm like wow that's a lot but you know it's nothing you couldn't handle yeah you man know? I appreciate it I appreciate <laughs> it well listen uh, that does it for for this episode more to come next until then peace and love the Memphis Reverb Podcast Hosted by Brody Scott. Recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more episodes by searching Memphis Reverb. This is a Brody Scott production. Daddy, daddy.